And uh, welcome everyone to the Between Two Wheels podcast. Hope this is all coming off without a glitch and or a hitch. Uh, this is Tyler Yonke. Welcome to episode 245. We are going to talk today about what we're going to talk about. Well, Tour de France is over. I'm going to be a little recap of that. Then we'll talk about the Olympics. We're going to wonder why Tyler's jerking his head around so much and he's supposed to be stable. And um, maybe recap some local racing here on Between Two Wheels podcast. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, as you can maybe tell, I've got a little bit of a shag going on with a beard issue. I've got, um, I have a neck brace right here. here. I'll put it on front of the camera. Um, goes on like this. Wear it. Uh, it's been about a week or so since I had a crash. Actually, it was, it's been a little over that because I had a crash on a Tuesday. <laughs> And coming out of that pretty good, um, some nasty road rash on my back has been actually somewhat of a problem lately. So we're getting over that and the neck issue in back, which I broke. If you can check out episode 244, I did a little breakdown of that. I've been doing fairly well, a little bit more mobile than people might realize based on the fact of what the injuries were. Uh, A lot of the pain I have right now is actually in the ribs area um, because they were bruised pretty bad. And then with that, just trying to get up and maneuver around, but um, also trying to do work. So uh, it's a Friday, and I thought we'd go over um, some of the, the the things we had here last time we got together. Oh, I know the other situation. Uh, Quinn Simmons. Quinn Simmons wins a race, takes a GC, and people lose their f in mind. We're gonna. Talk. I just. I my phone just went off over there. Took a look, and it was Adam Myerson saying, you know, the more the more Quinn Simmons talks, the less I, I, I like him and it's becoming more and more validated. I'm like, whatever. What do you think it's like listening to Phil Guyman and yourself talk all the time? I hate a lot of people. Who cares? Do, do you like them as a cyclist? Are you supposed to like everybody? Um, and by the way, you don't know what these French and these other people are when they speak because there's not much of an in, um, a translation. So they could be just as much of a dick as well. Maybe they're big Che Guevara supporters. I don't know. Are we supposed to then suddenly just love them for everything they do? No because he was a, a monster as well. So you can have your political opinion. This is what cracks me up. There's so many political opinions out there. You know, the world is pretty much divided in a sense, especially the U.S. And you can have your political opinions on one side, which Quinn is, probably very much a minority out there in the cycling world. And then everyone else on the other side, um, they, they think it's just, it's fine for them to have their opinions. Sure. I don't care. I, I don't agree with Quinn Simmons on a ton of stuff. I definitely don't agree with uh, a lot of you else on the other things. Fine. Fine. Did he win a race as a 20 year old? Was it pretty impressive? Maybe we'll start there. Quinn Simmons goes in They have two Wallonie. It's I think they're in Belgium and uh, they start off stage one. Dylan uh, Gronewagen, Jumbo Visma wins stage one, kind of comes off the schneid. Stage two was won by Fabio Jakobsen. Ah, the little uh, clash between those two. So he gets a little bit of a comeback, I guess, a little redemption for him for Dequan quick step. And then yesterday, stage three. So, Man, this thing was all up in, in arms. The last 30K, Quinn Simmons is in there with Lopez, uh, his teammate, and they keep getting in little moves. It keeps breaking up. It's just pitchy climbs. Uh, it really had a classics feel to it. A lot of round, you know, twisty stuff. Uh, then like last 12K, uh, Lopez gets in a little move. It kind of gets off. There's like six or seven. It comes back together. Actually, Quinn Simmons started to go with that move. Kind of got popped a little bit. He let a little gap open. They get off the front, but then everything comes back together. And as soon as it does, with about, I want to say, 3K to go, 
he, Quinn, did the Sonkra Anderson that you saw on the 2020 uh, Tour de France. Just boom, takes a move. He's immediately gone. It was a great attack because people up front had been six or seven had been really working. Maybe this was four, four or five, been working hard going off the front. And uh, then the group was working hard to catch them. And as soon as they did, everyone's kind of all a little petered out and boom, he attacks and he goes up the road and he uh, goes off with another guy, wins the stage, gets in the GC. And then today's race came all down to a sprint finish and Dylan Grotenwagen takes the win. Uh, so they have one more stage tomorrow. Uh, looks pretty. And, and maybe this is what um, uh, Adam Myerson was complaining about with uh, Quinn Simmons was uh, and the, and the result. And, the interview after the end of there. Well, first of all, when he came across the line, he said, F you or F yeah. And so people like, Oh, I don't know. People making jokes about that, but are they, you know, they seem to be kind of upset, but I mean, (laughs) who's, who's that? No one, no one was really the same people that I I put made a post on um, Facebook and Instagram. I said, make Quinn Simmons great again. You know, making it kind of a a humorous take about his, his position with MAGA and Trump. Uh, People did not like, seem to like that. Our own um, Willie Myers said, make him irrelevant again. Okay. He's a 20 year old that, that that has a a beard and kicks ass. He's a former world champion. You're not going to make him irrelevant. You're going to have to just deal. You're going to probably just have to hate him for his thoughts, you know, and just this, all those hate crimes that you're going to have to end up doing in your mind. Um, and cause he's going to be around, you know, it's, it's what it is. There's people out there. I dislike all the time. I, I don't really care about Quinn Simmons. I'm not a big fan of his politics, but who effing cares, you know, this is kind of where we're at. And we keep having to go back down this route, partly because there's a lot of people, a lot of you I ride with. I think you're disgusting people in general, but I, <laughs> I like you as a cyclist. Is that the way it is? I don't know. It's maybe the way it is for people uh, on my bandwagon as well. Point is, Quinn Simmons comes over across the line. He's getting interviewed and he's like, yeah, the biggest problem here, because they're like, oh, you know, tomorrow you think you're going to be able to hold on. It's going to be, you know, it's a tough race. He's like, oh, the, the worst part is your road. You guys, y'all need better roads around here now. I don't know that he has much of a place to, to speak of coming from Colorado and uh, the U.S., but perhaps, perhaps he does. I don't know. Uh, let's go into the Tour de France. So last we remember, I uh, ended up on stage 12. So we come in there. We have a few little things. We have Cav wins stage 13. This is a big deal. Valkamalama for Trek wins stage 14. That was an impressive move. Kind of pops himself up the GC as well. Stage 15, they go into Andorra, and that is when we get Sepkus off the front with Wout. Wout just gets in the break. Uh, he kind of gets some um, points there for the King of the Mountain. He's battling with Mike Woods and Wout Poles this whole time. But he gets in the break and he and and they only leave Tunisa, Tuni, Mike Tunisan back in the back there with um, Jonas Vingegaard because they have um, Stephen Kreuzwick up there. What a lot of people are actually missing is uh, Jumbo actually talks about this in some of their post-race stuff where they know that they had... Um, they know that they had uh, Kreuzwick. They know they had Sepp and they had Wout kind of up front. No one was really watching back. So they kind of made a, a, a little group and they said, look, we kind of accidentally all got here. Maybe we send Steven Kreuzwick back to hang out with with uh, uh, Vingegaard. And he does. He ends up sitting up with two, I think, climbs to go, goes back there. So he's at least supporting him. Tunisian gets spit out the back and everything works out for the GC. But the Jumbo team is on the front. They're going into Andorra. A bunch of riders live there. You got Al Philippe's in the move. Dan Martin's in the move. Uh, Sepkus is in the move. He's He lives there. And he gets off the front. And the last climb is pretty 
steep and it goes like 10K and then they have a descent uh, as far as the, the 10K to the finish or so, a descent down to the finish. They're, they're coming up on this climb. As soon as they hit the bottom, um, Sepp Kuss kind of makes a move. Who goes with him? It's Alejandro Valverde. Sepp makes another little dig, spits him out the back and has like, you know, anywhere from 15, 10, 30 seconds, but going over the top, it's not a huge gap. And you're like, I don't know. Um, Alejandro Valverde is damn good descender. However, Sepp lives there. He seems to know this well. And by the end, he actually gains a few seconds. Alejandro Valverde comes across the line, kind of gives him a fist bump and, and talks to him and like this, hey, you know, I'm not sure exactly what was said, but I think it was to the point of, hey, you've got balls the size of church bells. His, his descending, uh, Alejandro uh, Valverde actually said that he backed off because he's like, I'm going to either risk crashing and being done maybe for the season or trying to catch him and win. And this boy is not slowing down. So kudos to Sepp. Does a great post, throws his glasses into the crowd, and gets the win. Uh, the American kind of coming back. He had, didn't have the Tour de France that he had last year, where he was on the front all but one day, or he lost a little bit of time, like 15, 20 minutes, I think, in one day. And other than that, he was always there to the finish. Remember up the Col de Lolos, he was the man putting it to uh, everybody. And that one was actually won by uh, Lopez, then Primoz Roglic, then uh, and it came in with, with Port and uh, Pogacar, which a lot of this little bit of time there. However, this tour has just been much more difficult for him. He's been losing time and time and time. I think he's you know twenty or two hours plus back, but he finally was coming good in the end there, especially when Vingegaard needed him uh, in the last few days. So great stage win for him on stage fifteen. Then we got Ka- uh, Conrad, Patrick Conrad uh, for Bora on stage 16 and then we got the double up of Pogacar winning 17 and 18 up in the mountains there uh he was he was not under stress he basically looked like he rode a little bit more defensively although he didn't quite was wasn't quite able to dump he did put some moves in and was never quite able to get rid of Vingago and um Carapaz although Vingago who had dumped him on momentarily there over the top on Bontu was not really able to even when he was putting in some moves not really able to get rid of him either and then Maha Mahorik um for Bahrain victorious win stage 19 by the way that Bahrain uh, victorious also won the team prize and i think they also won the rated team prize which is the only team to get uh, rated at the tour de france which is always a weird concept i mean um it, i guess their rights there just don't that i mean you, here you pretty much have to have a warrant i don't know what the warrant would be for there that um you have illegal products i guess that's what it is uh i'm a pretty much uh not a, a drug person. In, in other words, uh, legal, legalize it all. But sporting is obviously a little bit different. And I guess this goes under their sporting fraud thing. So they come in there because they, they said they had reason to believe, you know, they're under suspicion, the team. So they are at this point, they raid the team. And it could have been because of Mahorik himself. I don't know, but he seemed to be pretty upset. He gave a thing at the coming across the line, like zip the lip, which is a little odd. Maybe he just doesn't quite get the referencing that he's doing there or what it appears to be. And then he tells everyone, look, this win, I think, justifies the fact that this raid was ill-advised and you know inappropriate and wrong. And I'm like, well, actually, no, you're... <laughs> If they think you're riding too good and then you solo out the last 30K, maybe that's the, but you can't stop them in his defense. If he's cleaning whatever, you know, he wants to just put the stamp down. And, um, by the way, uh, my back, my, my road rush sticking to my back a little bit, my shirt, not a good combo. Um, but that's the way it is. I didn't put a pad on. That's actually the biggest part of my crash. That's, that's right now a problematic is the road rash on my back. I can't 
with the way my neck is. Can't really sleep on my side. Can't really sleep on my face, obviously. Uh, and so I got to sleep on my back. But then the road rash is all there. It's been it's been a, it's been a big issue. But we I think we were, we were able to clear it out. Anyway, so Mohark wins that. Then we come down to stage twenty. Here's the last climbing stuff. We come down to stage twenty. And by the way, um, stage nineteen had a chance for Dequan Quick Step to maybe try to get to the finish and put some uh, Cavendish because he's tied at thirty four wins. Get them that thirty fifth win to go over the top of Eddie Merckx. Well, no, that wasn't going to be the case because they decided to let the group go. They're going to play all all the cards in on the Champs-Élysées on stage 21. Stage 20 comes and we have the time trial. It's not as dramatic as the first one. Pogacar didn't quite have the the the, the motor. I know there's there's motor doping uh, issues that they're talking about as well. But he didn't quite have the motor that he did uh, earlier on in the in the tour. Uh, but this one was won by Wout, uh, Stephen Kung, and, and then we're all in the mix once again. But Wout drilling it, having a great time. Look, he wins Von Two stage twice over the top of that. That's one of the, the queen stage probably for climbing. He now wins a time trial. I mean, the only thing left for him to do, spoiler alert, is sprint. So we come into stage 21. Comes into Champs-Élysées. It's going to be a sprint stage. You know that. Teams try to get off the front. Uh, but it's just, it's always going to be. And to coin a quick step, it's going to do what they're going to do. Now, this, if you've watched any of the USA crit series, you've seen uh, a legion of LA just dominate. They get on the front, they just kind of droll everyone in. However, nationals was a problem because they weren't quite, and I didn't really talk about this before, but because they weren't able to control it because this, the bigger teams suddenly showed up. Best Buddies is there, Avolo's all there. Uh, you've got just different, you know, riders in general with more teams that are able to put a little bit more impact into the race, and therefore, you know, Legion kind of has more chaos coming into the end. Well, that's actually what you saw here with the finish as well. Uh, you had, you know, the other teams were trying to do something, and you only have Mike Tunison there for Wout, who's in good position. Now, they did one other thing that I had heard right before the finish. I'm like, this could be problematic, which is they moved the finish line about 250 meters down the road, down the Shams from the, where they normally have the start finish line. Now, if you remember this, they come through this tunnel, they do a little right, little left, kind of a cross thing. And then they hit this last right corner. And from the right corner, they usually have the, the, the lead out guy is sprinting at this point. And then boom, he's gone for a hundred meters and you get the guys going, they go 250. Now it's going to be extended, which means you're going to have to have a lead out a little bit different. You can't use that corner as kind of a barrier Sorry about that. I'm in the middle of a podcast. Let's see if John, John will take the call. Hey, John Novikov, this is Tyler. I'm actually recording a podcast right now. What are you doing? Get out of here. Well, is it exciting or is it, or how many people you got watching it? Two or 20? It, it's not live. So I'm just recording it straight out and I'm not going to be able to edit this. So your phone call is now part of the show. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. What, uh, what are you reviewing here? We got some good races that have been going on. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm sure you talk about Simmons, Quinn Simmons, that I, guy, do great, I, great performance. I, I already talked about him and how people are losing their mind because, um, he's not <laughs> of the correct political bent. Therefore he should be shunned as far as winning a 20 year old. What do you think of that? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I don't know. It's pretty despicable. There was a lot of comments about how he's as marketable as he should be, you know, if he's going to be winning races. But, uh, uh, I mean, come on, he's got the beard going, he's trying to do the Belgian thing. Um, sure. He, you know, maybe have exploded a little expletive while he's winning a race, but Hey, that's his, that's his righteous. I, I, I don't think that the exploding, uh, and making, you know, the, the F, 
FBI comment coming across the line should at all restrict him, unless you're of the Christian coalition and you're really you're really upset about that. But I don't think that's where people are <laughs> coming across. So I think it's all disingenuous. Matter of fact, let me just read this to you. I just I saw this tweet and I, I mentioned it here. Let's see if I can get it. Um, I don't know why I'm getting this because I don't even follow this guy. Adam Meyerson. Every time Simmons opens his mouth, I like him less and feel more validated in that dislike. But you know, are there there pros and people that you don't like when they talk, but you cheer them on anyway? I don't know. I sure you want somebody to connect with you on a on a personal level, and a fantastic, gifted athlete. But come on, I mean, <clears throat> you can't. I don't know. There just seems to be more negative tone, a negative tone from people when they're when they're looking at somebody who's maybe held up a pedestal than usual. And maybe maybe that's right. Maybe there should be more scrutiny about somebody like that. And maybe as an athlete of that caliber, you need to fall into certain lines you know, from a marketable marketability standpoint. But I mean, that's a call Quinn Simmons needs to make or Tyler Yonke or, you know, Stefan. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. I mean, these are all, all parts of it. And, you know, I want him to succeed uh, on all levels and you don't want him to be a, a dick. But then you have people like Mark Cavendish, you know, cursing out his mechanic, throwing his bike at him. Um, and it's, people seem to be not too disturbed about that. Yeah, they're OK with it. But uh yeah, I, again, I think it's up to each athlete and, and, you know, I don't think Quinn Simmons is really, you know, I don't want to say giving a, a rat about it, but, you know, it's, it's for him to deal with, I think, at this point. Right. You know, he just go keep winning bike races and, uh, you know, I don't think anybody's really going to care. Right. So you called me uh, on a personal level, I'm sure. Is there anything you want to discuss? And I'll give you a call back <laughs> but as soon as I'm done here. Yeah. How about you give me a call back when you get done? And because, uh, you know, I, I don't want any like, you know, medical positive tests coming out on the open uh, air. Right. Podcast. We, we yeah. should, we, you, maybe we'll come. Um, maybe you'll join <laughs> me next week. We'll do a live one and you can talk about your Betsy Andreo moment. Oh, yeah. The quality. It just all flashed. That's great. That'll be a good one. <laughs> all right. Take care. Bye. There you go, people. That's how we do it on the podcast. We just bring you right in. So be careful if you call me. So you have the last sprint and Dequan Quick Step is getting kind of overrun and other teams are, are barging up in the front there. And Cavendish does the immortal, I don't know, the mortal sin. He leaves his Morkov lead out guy and everyone's probably been through this and he leaves him and he tries to jump on the Wout train. And what does Wout do? Wout Gets a great lead out by Tunison up the left-hand side. You've got Philipson over on his right-hand side. Phillips, and there's a chance there where Cavendish could come to the right of Wout because Wout's on the on the left on the barrier. He could come to the right of Wout and kind of make up there. But he had already done too much work trying to get up into position. He was like, before like the last one and a half K, he was probably uh, 20 people back and he was making moves up to, back to get to his, his spot up front. So he's got maybe a little bit more dead legs. Philipson close that gap. Now he's got to try to, he being Mark has to try to go through on the left side. The barriers are there. By the time he tries to actually sprint and get clear, Wout has already pummeled him. Philipson gets second. Uh, Cavendish gets third. And Eddie Merckx holds his record. I believe though that Lance Armstrong, and I, I, I know he's DQ'd and all this stuff. And he's, by the way, I don't listen to his podcast. I think he's full of whatever. He's just not annoying. He's annoying to me, but he still won all these races in my mind. So I think he won like 33 road races, um, six or seven time trials, team time trials. So he actually would have had that record. Now, the, the debate goes, who is the better rider? Is it more impressive that Merckx won them from, um, you know, a? and by the way, Belgian holding the record, keeping it at bay. Wow, that is from 
uh, for another Belgium, kind of getting a tie. So you have a tie here. Who's maybe got the tiebreaker? Cavendish only wins uh, road races as far as sprints go. Uh, Merckx, you know, won sprints. He won time trials. He won mountain stages. Uh, For me, I get arguments on both ways. I mean, one, when you start winning, you're only going to see someone like a GC guy that it's going to be no gifts given type of thing. Maybe a Pogacar at some point winning young, that's going to get this record if it ever gets broken, because you've got to start throwing off strings of four or five stages every Tour de France. And that's the thing the sprinter can do. You get a train, you get these X many um, stages going in there. And if it comes down to the finish... And even though you bring everybody to the finish with you, that bringing everyone to the finish actually eliminates a bunch of people because once those people all come to the finish, you've only got maybe five or six guys that are really a threat to you if you're a top quality sprinter. And this year, there wasn't as many top quality sprinters. And that's why you saw Mark Cavendish with four. And when he got put in trouble and he nearly needed to rely on his team and actually Wout seemed to be just getting fitter and fitter and fitter. Boom. He was not, and he got third place on the day. So uh, as far as that goes, that was pretty uh, solid. What do we have here? Final G- uh, GC, Pogacar gets the win over Vingegaard, who was 520, actually outdid him in the last time trial. Carapaz, 703. O'Connor, 1002. Kelderman, 1013. Enrique Moss, 1143. The points won by Cavendish over Matthews and Cabrelli and Philipson. The KOM by Pogacar over Wout Poles. Vingego, Wout. Bennett and Quintana Woods withdrew at uh, stage 18 with 72 points. So that would have put him in fourth with there. Um, pretty, pretty cool that we actually had climbers going for the, the Jersey this year. And then the youth Jersey, of course, Pogacar, Vingago at 520 and Gadu at twenty one fifty. Powell was seventh place at two hours, 13 minutes. Uh, the team, like I said, Bahrain, the only team to get rated. EF Nippo uh, in second, and then Jumbo Big and, and Nippo is tw- oh, 19 minutes down, and then Team Jumbo Visman third at uh, an hour and 11. So really broke their back uh, as far as that goes. Um, otherwise, Tour de France, always exciting. It's great to see you again this year. I would love to see a Bernal, Roglic, Pogacar, uh, Garrett Thomas, Fit Garrett Thomas in the mix. Uh, whoever else is uh, Evan Pohl coming in and it would be it, kind of more, a little more uh, exciting to see that you saw a much different race this year. You saw more chaos uh, team UAE deciding not to control things like it was. We had the four Americans in there. Um, Sepp Cus gets a win. Nelson palace was always in the moves. Uh, Sean Bennett was up in the break a few times and then um, McNulty didn't have a chance to do any of that because he was sometimes crashing other times crashing, but protecting his team leader. And he did a phenomenal ride for him. Um, kind of reminded me of the Breck, Brent Bookwalter type where you're not a superstar like uh, Sepp Kuss, but you're always there. You're always helping your guy out. And that's what we saw there. So once again, we had Tour of Wallonie. Now we have coming up the um, Olympics. And I thought we'd just go through the Olympic course. It looks pretty brutal. It actually kind of reminds me of, I think it was the Innsbruck in 2018 when Mike Woods ended up getting third place there that year. And it's 100, it's 234 kilometers, bunch of 5,000 plus meters of climbing. You've got, they go around Mount Fuji. They have this other kicker about 30 K from the finish. That looks super steep. And then another clip up and then it goes downhill. So it looks like to me, it's going to be hot there. Um, I think they all have to wear masks the whole race. Kidding. Uh, by the way, seeing some of you on Facebook, riding your bikes, pictures, wearing a mask. Yeah. <laughs> you want to, you want to explain that one outside. You're not, you're not even inside, which I don't know if that make any difference, but, um, yeah, 
way to, way to use your brain. So it's going to be hot there. They're they're going off. I think this starting tomorrow. So Mike Sayers, our grand DS. Um, it's going to be the DS for the U.S. team for Lost and Craddock and McNulty. We only have two. I really put them in the mix. But, I mean, coming off the tour, McNulty might be firing good, get a chance to get in the move. Who knows? Uh, Lost and Craddock, if it's something like, you know, uh, Liege, Bastogne, Liege, he could be riding well for that. So two of the best possible, poss- well, I'd say Sep would be your best possible outcome for this. But, you know, two really decent picks we finally get for uh, a race of this caliber, but only two riders. I mean, other teams are having five or six. So it'll be an interesting uh, development to see. Of course, um, the women's team is probably going to be dominated by the Belgians or the Netherlands. I mean, so they're who knows if anybody else have a chance in that race for the women. Uh, then we got the CT. I imagine it's going to be your Ghana, Kung, and Wout. And for the women, we'll see if Chloe Digart has a chance of doing much of anything. But point is, this race got a lot of climbing stuff to it. Like I said, I reckon it back to the, the Innsbruck stuff, which means this... Um, Alejandro Valverde won that year and you had um, Mike Woods in third. And I think you're going to have a chance for him to do well again this year being in the, in the, in the race as well. He, he was doing pretty good. He kept crashing over in the, the tour de France, but uh, give him, he got just a few extra days in a week or so. He probably is going to be fine. We had some other races here locally um, tour. Oh no, uh, <laughs> tour. Uh, it was Lamb Park and then Bariani Road Race. Uh, I put out a video, a short video of Sean, uh, John, who just called in, um, to see how our last lap and a half was before my crash, at least, um, for uh, the race where we had to chase some people. And basically my thoughts on that race, maybe I'll, I wanted to put a full video out sometime, was there's four guys up the road. Two of them are on the same team, which repeats deadly. The only We want to win. What's the point of sprinting for a, a field sprint? Uh, you know, for fifth place, it doesn't mean anything. So John can can do well, and he could do well surfing. So I'm like, uh, that has, break has to come back. So I'm chasing it down, because uh, you do fir- first things first, which is let's get the break, let's get it back, let's get it all together, and then to see if I have anything left. Well, I, as soon as I was almost catching the break, John filled the last bit. We caught the break with about half lap to go. And he had to surf wheels. He pulls, uh, shoots his, his sprint out probably a little too early, but it's a bike throw for the finish. Scott Cox ends up winning. John was second and our friend, Matt Tufts, who by the way has COVID get well, John, uh, Matt, um, ended up third. So we had a good time there. Go to Bariani the next day. I guess it's kind of a shit show. There's fighting. There's all kinds of wheel chopping. And sounds like a a little bit of a, we're not going to get into all that because tempers flare, but people, if you're adults and you're just doing this as an amateur, don't take this too seriously, right? All right, so the Olympics uh, should be coming up for you soon. I hope you guys enjoy that. I'm sure there's still more bike racing. I know Perry Bay is going to happen later on in the year. Maybe Quinn Simmons is going to feature in there. And then you can uh, rip him some more because it is not fine for him to have different thoughts than you. <laughs> That's what we've come to, to realize first and foremost. Um, then everything else. Um, other than that, my health, I'm getting back into it. My, hopefully I get uh, my bike's been fixed. Hopefully I will be able to ride here in the next. I, and when I say ride, I've got a dollar doctor visit to follow up this next week. Our friend Scott Hooper is finally off the ventilator. Just heard that today. He's trying to figure out how to breathe, but he's on been on a ventilator for almost a week. 
So we're really glad that he's at least there. And then they're trying to, obviously, he had a, ribs are all broken, his sternum's broken. Good Lord, I feel for this kid. So, kid, he's, a, he's an adult, but um, still feel for him. And we're hoping everything is going to come fine with him. Uh, thoughts and prayers out to him. I don't know if you want to reach out if, you, if anybody knows anything. And um, I'll try to keep updates here. But once again, he's off the ventilator. I'm trying to fix everything else they can for there. So thanks, everybody. The Twin Two Wheels Podcast, episode 245. I hope it pissed you off just a little bit about Quinn Simmons. By the way, like I said, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit about a lot of stuff. Uh, I don't care about Meyerson's politi- politics. I don't care about his personal life. I don't care about Phil Guyman's. Do they ride? Do they race? Do I enjoy that? Awesome. So that's what we're here for, everybody. Take care.